Hello, free thinkers. I'm Mickey Z, and I welcome you to Post Woke, the New York City-based podcast where we practice intellectual self-defense. And the bottom line is this. The mandates uh, have inadvertently uh, poisoned the most able and willing to work amongst us. So if you don't think this is going to have an impact on global economies for years to come, you, I don't know what wow. to tell you, and good luck. And I think it's, this is a done deal. The fact that this, these deaths and there's crickets in the mainstream media and from our health officials is just, that's all you need to know. It's prima facie evidence of a cover-up in crimes, in my humble opinion. That was Edward Dowd, a founding partner at Finance Technologies, an international macro alternative investment firm. Before that, Dowd was a managing director at none other than BlackRock, where he managed a $14 billion growth equity portfolio. Now, given his extensive background in Wall Street and finance, Dowd observes glaring inconsistencies between official COVID pandemic reports and the actual on-the-ground data regarding vaccine injuries. He wrote a book about it called Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. And I will talk about all of this with Edward Dowd right after this word from our sponsor. Hey, Mickey Z here, and I'm asking you to offer some support for a project that I've been running for nearly six years. It's called Helping Homeless Women NYC. And as the name implies, I've been getting out there on the streets for, like I said, nearly six years to offer direct relief to some of the most vulnerable yet fiercest women you'll ever want to meet. If you check the show notes, you will find a direct link for how to donate at GoFundMe. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon patron or in ordering uh, restaurant gift cards directly from my wish list, shoot me an email and I'll send you that information. But I'm just requesting some support, thanking you in advance and asking you no matter what to please share the link far and wide. Now let's get back to the show. In the year 2020, there was a fixation on numbers, on certain numbers. The parasites in charge used a PCR test, a flawed PCR test to falsely inflate case numbers. And they used protocols like remdesivir and ventilators to inflate the death count. Anyone who questioned any of this would be labeled an anti-vaxxer or a conspiracy theorist or even a granny killer. By 2021, the obsession with numbers had mysteriously ended. Suddenly, no one, from the upper echelon of decision makers to everyday people being coerced into an experimental injection, wanted to keep count of vaccine adverse events, which were higher than all other previous years of vaccines combined. My guest, Ed Dowd, has made a career out of tracking numbers, and he did not ignore what he was seeing. And Ed is here with me now to share more about what he's learned. Ed, welcome to Post Woke. Thank you for having me on, Mickey. Great to be here. Um, just a little background. I'm a former uh, Wall Street careerist, actually still 
a careerist trying to raise a hedge fund now, but I spent most of my time on Wall Street, Hong Kong, Shanghai Bank uh, in my early days as a young man, uh, which is a um, investment bank in Hong Kong. I was in fixed income. Uh, I was an institutional salesperson and I learned the credit markets, the uh, interest rate markets, the currency markets. I sold bonds to large institutions and I learned how the guts of the system worked. Saw my first frauds uh, in the financial arena during that time frame, from uh, um, uh, 1990 to 95. Then I went back to business school because I wanted to get into the equity part of the uh, investment world and uh, got my MBA at Indiana University. Went on to Wall Street where I worked at for Donaldson, Lufkin and Genrette. Uh, which is an investment bank that no longer exists. It was bought in uh, the early 2000s by uh, Credit Suisse. And there uh, I was an electric utility analyst on Wall Street writing research reports for clients. And I saw the dot-com fraud uh, right down the hall from me. The internet guys were making millions of dollars pumping out uh, garbage companies with no uh, earnings to speak of or cash flows. And... A lot of them didn't even have revenues. Uh, and that was a fraud in and of itself because in the old days, investment banks used to do um, what's called due diligence to make sure the company was viable on a standalone basis. That turned out to be fraudulent and not correct. So I, I went up to Boston to go become a tech analyst on the what's called the buy side and manage uh, people's money. And I saw the dot-com fraud coming because of my experience on Wall Street made a career out of that, made some good calls, and then landed in early 2002, a job at BlackRock as a portfolio manager, managing a large cap growth fund for 10 years. We grew the fund from 2 billion to 14 billion. And uh, we saw the great financial crisis coming, the real estate fraud, we saw that coming. We navigated our investors as best we could uh, through that disaster. So I've seen multiple frauds in my career and the fraud that I'm seeing now is what I call the great vaccine fraud, the greatest fraud of all time, because most of my frauds have been financial, where people mm -hmm. lost money. This fraud is so epic and so disgusting that, uh, it, you know, being wrong on this fraud and being on the wrong side of the trade, meaning being vaccinated and or continuing to get boosted, is a losing bet, in my humble opinion. Wow. Vaccines are neither safe nor effective. And the numbers bear that out uh, wholeheartedly at this point. The evidence of the crimes exists as we see it. Um, I'm best known for uh, talking about insurance companies and their results. Uh, I'm best known for uh, discovering some CDC data that showed millennials experienced uh, a rise into the fall of 2021 of 84% excess mortality. That's ages 25 through 44. Um, that chart uh, we pulled from the CDC data, my colleague, Josh Sterling and I, he was a former Wall Street sell side analyst uh, analyzing insurance companies. And we saw, we saw that basically something shifted from 2020 to 2021. All the deaths that you talked about, Mickey, that everybody highlighted in 2020, uh, mysteriously went quiet in 2021. And the reason that happened is because there was a mixed shift in 2021 from old to young. And mm -hmm. in uh, 2020, about half a million Americans excessively died, which they, you know, they blamed on COVID. 
And then in 2021, another half a million Americans died. Uh, but mysteriously, it was about it was mostly uh, it had shifted to the younger folks, those who had been, I think, forced to be mandated in corporate America. And uh, th there's been crickets on this ever since. Since Absolutely. as we roll into 2022, uh, it continues. Excessive death is on the rise across Europe, UK, US. I joined up with some people in the summer of 2022 uh, this year. Uh, to help me with the vaccines. As it turned out, they were former uh, PhD physicists who are also uh, working in Europe at hedge funds. So we decided to start a hedge fund, but first we've been tackling the vaccine issue and we launched a project called the Humanity Project, which is a website that has all the data, all the excess death. It can be found on our uh, firm website, financetechnologies.com, that's P-H-I, N-A-N-C-E, technologies.com. And let me cut in there too, just to let you know, I am going to put all of this in the show notes where people can get everything you mentioned. I already created some, but I will be mar marking what you mentioned to make sure that if there's something you mentioned that is worth the listeners checking out, there will be an easily accessible link to it. So um, feel free to, to not feel like you have to stop your train of thought and, and uh, get into the websites. But can I, I'm going to cut in real quick there because when you said in 2022, you met people where you started working on this vaccine. The, the vaccine info, I just wanted to ask a sort of a personal type of question where you went from working at BlackRock, a company that owns a, a percentage of both Pfizer and Moderna, to writing a book about vaccines on Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s imprint. So how did this improbable journey happen for you? And is this something you could have ever imagined or seen yourself doing even just a few years ago? Uh, absolutely not. I mean, it was, it's funny. You, you say that the 20 year ago, Ed would have laughed at the notion that in April of uh, this year, he would be invited by a bunch of hippies to speak at Earth Day about uh, <laughs> the vaccine fraud. And I mean, seriously, I was I was uh, I, I had a different mindset back then. And life kind of takes turns. And I left BlackRock in 2012. Um, you know, primarily uh, through mutual uh, discussions. And uh, I came to Maui in 2014 to start uh, various projects uh, with my now ex-wife and, and, and other people. And I've been an entrepreneur ever since, but I've also had an awakening uh, through struggles in my own life with uh, depression. And uh, I unfortunately had mild depression and mild anxiety, which turned into clinical depression because I listened to the doctors and the psychiatrists mm -hmm. who put me on these, uh, what we now know are garbage drugs. They don't work, in Indeed. my humble opinion. And uh, I, uh, through that journey, on the other side, I was luckily, uh, someone approached me and said, uh, Ed, you're not um, sick. Uh, depression is a spiritual malady. And oh, by the way, I'm a psychiatrist and I take people off all these drugs because they don't work. And he told me then that the what, what was then well known uh, across the globe was that we all had those of us who were depressed had a chemical imbalance. Well, guess what? He told me then in 2012 that that was absolute nonsense. It was a marketing um, scheme that, that no paper had ever proven there was a link. There was no peer-reviewed paper that ever proved such a link. And guess what? This year, a paper came out suggesting that that's all garbage. There is no link mm -hmm. between 
having a chemical imbalance and depression. So I was lucky enough to get that message and that opened up my eyes to a whole, if I, I, you know, once I did the research on that, I was like, you know, the world is pretty corrupt and I'd already seen financial corruption. So it wasn't much of a leap to realize when 2020 came around uh, and COVID hit that I knew that they were going to start to develop vaccines and use that as a form of control um, around the globe because there's a global economic collapse going on. I'm, I'm very well schooled in economics. And what after the great financial crisis, all they did was kick the can down the road and uh, they solved a debt problem with more debt. And the last 12 years since the great financial crisis have seen unprecedented government spending and central bank printing. So all the problems you see now are basically laid at the feet of the central bankers and politicians, but they can't be blamed for that. So COVID is a perfect excuse to bring in a control system. And I knew the vaccines would be used to, uh, for passports and mandates. I even made a prediction about that on Twitter uh, in 20, April of May of 2020 saying that this would be used to control the, the global debt collapse. And of course, that was called a conspiracy theory. Um, and of course, that all happened in 2021, mandates and, uh, and draconian lockdowns, and you needed a passport to get into a restaurant or a gym or go to school, go to college, even work at a corporation. So this is the greatest fraud of my lifetime. And, and it's so bad. The vaccine, we all know, it doesn't even work. So it's not effective. And not only is it not safe, it's the, the most deadliest vaccine we've seen ever in the, 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 uh, the world's history. And we have what we have now is what I call the greatest asymmetric information gap I've ever seen in my financial career. There are those of us who know that this is true, your audience and, 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 and many others. But the problem is 90% of the globe has no idea what we're talking about mm -hmm. and continue to think everything's fine. Now, some people intuitively may have guessed, well, these things don't work. I'm not getting any more boosters and good for them because they're listening to like their, um, their own intuition. They may not know what we know, but they're, they're smart enough to say, hey, I'm not getting something that doesn't work. But there continues to be a huge segment of the population that thinks that getting boosted is uh, gonna help them. Not only is it not helping them, it's making them sicker and sicker, it's blowing up their immune systems, it's increasing their uh, risk of uh, serious heart issues, blood clotting, cancer acceleration, you name it. This is a disaster and it's born out in the numbers. And just to give you an idea of how crazy this all is, Denmark was one of the most highly vaccinated countries in Europe. The data on our website, if you, if you go uh, to yearly data, for the, uh, Europe and you type in uh, Denmark and, and hit total, you'll see that excess death rates in Denmark went up every year since 2020. So 2020 was bad, 2021 was worse, and 2022 was worse than 2021. And it's especially bad for the younger age cohorts. You can break it down by age. And guess what Denmark just did recently? They said that they're no longer allowing people under 50 to get the vaccine. In fact, they made this statement. Uh, it's better to get COVID under 50 than to get the vaccine, which is Orwellian code speak for the vaccine kills you uh, yeah. more effectively yeah. than COVID. Okay. So this is, this is the insanity that we're, that we're under right now. And the mainstream media won't touch me with a 10 foot pole. I'm a unique character. I'm not a doctor. You can't take my license. I'm not a lawyer. You can't take my, you know, my law license. I'm just a, I'm just a 
financial professional investor who makes investment theses for a living. Uh, we make, we, you know, we come up with a thesis and then we bet capital on that thesis. Well, guess what? Uh, we're starting a hedge fund uh, at Finance Technologies. We're in the process of trying to raise seed capital. And the, the inbound inquiries are off the charts. I've never seen such excitement about a hedge fund because there are people who have the same viewpoint as us that have money. They want to put this money to work. And the money we're going to put to work is going to invest according to the reality that we see. The reality that we see is that the globe has been devastated by the vaccine. Not only just deaths, but the disabilities are off the hook. They're 10 to 20x the deaths. And this is going to affect global economies for years to come. And the longer these vaccination programs continue without admitting the truth, the more opportunity we're going to have to make money for our investors. So, you know, we put all the data out for free. We hope the world pays attention. We hope lawmakers and regulators listen to us. But knowing how corrupt the system is, we don't think they will. So we're going to be on this side of the trade. The side of the trade is if you keep getting vaxxed and boosted, you will be likely to be disabled or die. So wow. that's where we are. All right. So th thank you for that. And thank you for, for explaining the personal part of it, too, because I'm sorry to hear that you went through the depression and anxiety, but I'm super grateful that you encountered that psychiatrist when you did. And as as you alluded to, the the um, this is becoming more and more well known that that uh, that that, uh, that it, as with all other uh, fields of the medical mafia, there's there's a lot of allegedly carved in stone facts like the chemical imbalance that are just put in there to raise the uh, profits of of uh, big pharma and other large corporations. But I want to come to the hedge fund. I do want to get to your book and the numbers we're talking about. But since we since we're on the hedge fund, can you? briefly explain how a hedge fund works in general, but more specifically how the one you're doing in particular will be designed to give data free to the world, to people, but then help the people both survive by guiding them away from uh, vaccines, et cetera, and profit because you're, if I'm correct here, you're going to be guiding them into a direction that takes into account all that's happening financially that's not being talked about by the leg legacy media. So anything you jump in there anywhere, but just give us like sort of a basic understanding of what of what you you guys are doing. Yeah. So what's interesting about uh, my partners Carlos and Yuri? They're they're both based in Portugal, and they're they're uh, PhD physicists. Carlos has a PhD in finance and physics. And he's worked on uh, the equivalent of European Wall Street for different hedge funds. And he came up prior uh, to my ever meeting him, he came up with a, um, uh, a model, uh, a quantitative model of investing according to fundamental economic indicators, which is different from most quant hedge funds. Most quant hedge funds invest according to trending trends uh, and, and technical analysis. This is literally a quant hedge fund directed by economic fundamentals and his fundamentals are secret sauce that we don't reveal but they pick up population growth demographics growth early cycle indicators and so our our models already will pick up what's going on in the economy as it's really occurring from all the devastation we're also launching the vaccine injury project which will then also augment our research and help us to predict better economic cycles given this data. So we're not making money directly 
on stocks. We're, we invest in macro uh, futures indices, different stock indexes, different credit markets, different currencies. So it's, it's a global macro hedge fund that will be able to predict growth rates, economic cycles better than anyone else because of um, his models and the research we're going to do on the vaccines. So unlike other hedge funds that traditionally invest in stocks, this is macro, global macro. Um, it's designed to give uh, the same volatility as the S&P 500, but with much better returns and without any correlation to the S&P 500. So obviously, if the stock markets are careening lower, we're expected to outperform not only that, but also okay. make money on an absolute basis. So this, this is kind of the genesis of this idea. We didn't initially meet to start a hedge fund. These two gentlemen approached me to help me with the vaccine numbers. And from that, this was this was uh, we, we we realized we had something to do here. And here's the other thing I want people to know: this hedge fund is going to be unique. Um, we're not gonna um, if this is successful. A lot of the profits that we personally make are not going to be to aggrandize ourselves with homes, yachts, and nonsense. We're going to roll a lot of the money into the humanity project, which will be a nonprofit. We're going to also fund other projects, donate to other uh, good deeds like chd other people we're just not gonna um we, we want to help change the world and use the current system as it is and become kind of a hedge fund that doesn't just make money for money's sake we want to help change the world and and, and invest in you know what we think are going to be new systems that emerge new new uh ways of doing things we're going to look at uh how to maybe uh help with the current with the you know the, the the central banks want to create a new currency we want to be part of the creation of a currency that's away from the eyes of central banks. So we have lots of projects, lots of things we're thinking about. But first, we're going to start the hedge fund. But we're not going to be your typical hedge fund where, you know, I go out and buy 17 homes and talk about how great I am. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Hedge fund is like is is a is a dirty word for the most part, it, and it's earned it to some degree. But I'm fascinated. Uh, absolutely. And and I, but I'm fascinated because I interact with a lot of people, and and I'm sure you. I'm not telling anything you don't know. Where that the people who are awake to what's going on also have a sense of like of there is a, a growing hopelessness or depression of like, what do we do? Like we're up against this great reset. We're up against this system. So many people that I know and love um, won't even listen to me. And what it sounds to me, what you're doing is saying, well, there are ways to help you that are not that are not going to benefit this, the system even further. You're like you're talking about the the digital currency. We can create one that's not part of the central bank. And as you said to me, um, prior to going on about how that money has a life of its own and that this is a way that you can get people sort of to snap out of the spell that they've been under for two and a half years by talking this language to them and giving them hope that there is actually ways that we can battle the system and and survive and thrive ourselves. So I, I find I've never I haven't heard anything like this because it's a common question in 2022 of like, well, all right, we we pay attention to all the details, we do the homework, we do the research, we watch the documentaries, we listen to the podcasts. But now what do we do? We got all this information. Now what do we do? And I'm hearing you with your partner saying, hey, there's a million things we could do, but here's one thing, and we we're starting it. And that that to me could be very motivating to others to say, hey, what could we what could we do that's outside the system, but could help not just ourselves, but bring a lot of other people along for the ride. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I want to give share a personal anecdote from not this Saturday, but the past Saturday. I was with a friend. Uh, I live on Maui. He was visiting the island. He used to live here. He's, he, he comes from Wall Street. He was in the private equity arena. Smart guy. Um, he's vaccinated and I'm sure he got a booster and he thinks I'm crazy. And then he heard I was I wrote a book. He asked about the book. And then someone showed him a video that I had done with Steve Bannon on War Room talking about the vaccine uh, disabilities and deaths. And he started arguing with me. And I said, uh, Jim, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not here to argue. I'm, I'm you know, it's Saturday night. I'm not going to try to convince you. Read my book. Better yet, I will tell you this. Next week, I'm meeting with uh, some hedge fund guys that want to help me raise capital for this uh, um, hedge fund that I'm starting with people who contributed to my book. The data is real. The crimes have occurred. So you can do you, but we're going to invest according to the reality we see. And when he heard that, Nikki, something happened and snapped in his brain. He went from derision to horror. He turned ashen white and he left. Mm. He just got up and left. So I think for a lot of people to break this spell, you need to understand, and I said this to you in my email, money capital has a life of its own. It's a force of nature. It flows where it wants to flow, like gravity, like the oceans. And money is going to start moving here because that's this is the reality. Some people see it. We call that smart money on Wall Street. The dumb money will figure this out five years from now when it's in the New York Times and Wall Street Journal. The problem with being smart money versus dumb money this time, it's not just about money. It's about your life. So my goal is to say, hey, if you don't believe me and think I'm crazy, I put the data out there for you to look at. If you want to come up with other you know, excuses as to why this is occurring, be my guest. But we know why it's occurring. And it's kind of a way to go them and snap them out of their spell because money talks, BS walks. Uh, I totally appreciate that. And it's a perfect segue into what you're saying, how they have the freedom to believe what they want about these numbers. Because I do, I know you've, you've discussed these numbers many times, but I'm also sure that there are some listeners who haven't heard it and could use that type of information where you were talking about all-cause mortality, particularly for uh, millennials aged 25 to 44. Um, if And your book, Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022 is going to lay all this out. But can you give us sort of a, a, a mini version of what you've discovered through insurance companies, insiders, whistleblowers, and um, that that inspired you to, to move forward on this, to write the book, and and basically motivated you because it's so horrifying? It, it, I know I've heard you compare it to that with the 84% rise in all-cause mortality of people between 24, 25 and 44, that's a total as of now of 61,000, which is in the range of how many Americans were killed in the Vietnam War. And when you put things in that frame, the number seems more um, accessible. You realize, oh, I have a framework where I can understand how many people that is. So feel free to share whatever you feel are the relevant numbers and avenues that, you, that you've traveled in to work towards writing this book and to share this information. Sure. Uh, before I begin, a lot of what I'm, I'm about to say is on my personal website called theyliedpeopledie.com, where I lay out the smoking guns of what I discovered in the U.S. But let me just put briefly, there's two sets of data that tell the story. And it's literally a smoking gun mic drop, mic drop moment. There's a industry called life insurance. 
and they have what's called group life. They do individual life policies and group life. Group life is what happens uh, if you join a corporation, a major corporation, you onboard on day one and you uh, sign your healthcare form and you pick your healthcare plan. And there's also a uh, gr group life policy and you sign the death benefit and then you name a beneficiary. And usually you're guaranteed one to two X your base salary. It's not a lot of money, but it's, it's, what, it's one of the benefits you get when you join a large Fortune 500 corporation or any mid-sized company for that matter. It's a great business for insurance companies because I've done this many times, Mickey, I've signed these forms and I never even thought that, that I would collect because, you know, you're in your 30s, 40s and 50s and you kind of laugh. Well, unless there's a horrendous accidental car accident, you're not going to die. You're not expected mm -hmm. to die. And the insurance companies know this and they make a ton of money on this. Well, guess what happened in 2021? There was huge excess mortality in the younger age working Americans. And when I came out in March with my uh, partner, Josh Sterling, to highlight the 84% rise into Q3, Q4 of um, 2021, um, it, it rose to 84% because of the mandates and then dropped back down. But that 84% excess mortality was a moment in time. It was running around 40 and then shot up to 84 in the third quarter of 2021. So that was just two guys on the internet looking at CDC data. Well. I have insurance whistleblowers who pointed out to me that the Society of Actuaries confirmed our data this August from last year. They, they released the 2021 data. And sure enough, in Q3 of um, uh, 2021, ages 25 through 44 basically saw the numbers that Josh and I said. They, 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 one, they wow. broke it down into two age cohorts. One was 78%. Another age cohort was 100%. You average the two. That's our number. And it was like, it, it literally was an unbelievable uptick in excess deaths in their group life policyholders. It, what's even worse about this, Mickey, is this is an extremely healthy group. Okay. This is a group that, generally speaking, from prior studies that the Society of Actuaries have done, experiences an, a mortality rate of 30 to 40 percent that of the general u.s population in any given year that makes perfect sense yeah these people are employed a good job they have good jobs they tend to be higher educated access to better health care and to get the benefit to get for it to show up as an excess death in the group life you need to be employed at the time so you know for them for people to come in and say it's due to drug overdoses people do not overdose on drugs, you can't be uh, on fentanyl or heroin and, and maintain your job. So that's nonsense. Suicides, when you're well-employed and working at a large corporation, you tend to be happier. And I, you, I'd, I'd be hard pressed for anyone to tell me that in the third quarter of 2021, the group life policy members all decided to go into a suicide pact. So this, this, this is like devastating. It gets even worse, Mickey. So they also, did an analysis in September, the Society of Actuaries, and they saw that in 2020, the group life policy members did experience less excess deaths than the general U.S. population in 2020. That makes sense. They're healthier, correct? Yep. COVID, COVID affected everybody. There were excess deaths in 2020. Roll into 2021, for ages um, uh, 25 through 64, um, this is all ages, 40% uh, 
uh, excess mortality in the group life policyholders. This is their number. This is not my number. This is Society of Actuaries, 40% excess mortality. In the general U.S. population, it was 32%. So 2021 looks like it was an extremely detrimental year to be employed. Hmm. Doesn't it, Mickey? Now, 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 secondly, oh, no. let's, go to <laughs> let's go to disability. Disability data is a different database. U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics produces disability data. It's a survey. It's a monthly survey. And they ask the question, are you disabled or is anyone in your household disabled? Prior to COVID, it was running around 29 to 30 million uh, annually for five years prior. That's the absolute numbers. Then it shot up starting in May of 2021 to around 33.1 uh, million. So that's a huge, what we call three standard deviation event in the rate of change. It just took off in May of 21. Now we broke down the numbers between um, the general population, the overall U.S. population, and then those who are employed. And guess what, Mickey? The general population saw an 11% increase in their disability rate since May of 21. Uh, the, the employed population saw a 26% uh, increase in their uh, general disability. And it's even worse for women. Women experienced 36% disability wow. rate, uh, rate of increase in their disability rate, percent change. So again, Two different data sources, Society of Actuaries and uh, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, which isn't aligned with any health authorities, which makes the data pretty good in my mind. So bottom line, Mickey, is it was detrimental to your health to be employed in uh, 2021 and 2022. So that's the smoking gun. That's what we're basing. And then we did the, you know, we've done the same analysis for Europe, UK. We just did Germany. We dropped that in yesterday. And we're going to do Australia and Canada. And the bottom line is this. The mandates uh, have inadvertently uh, poisoned the most able and willing to work amongst us. So if you don't think this is going to have an impact on global economies for years to come, you, I don't know what wow. to tell you. And good luck. Wow. So, so let me just uh, thank you for that. And let me just clarify. I'm sure... I feel absolutely certain that you've had plenty of pushback from people saying, well, how do you know the, the excess mortalities are due to the, um, to the COVID vaccines? And you mentioned some people say, oh, it could be drug addiction. And some people say it could be suicide. And, and obviously you debunk those rather easily. Are those the two primary other answers? Because I could understand someone viewing this from the outside with no context saying, wow, those are horrifying statistics, but how do you, Ed, know that it's the jabs? But if the only comeback that the people are giving you is drugs or suicide, what else could it be? I mean, is there any other attempt at ex explaining this shocking rise in young people, like young, working, educated people? Yeah, so so the, the, the third one, uh, which I laugh just wholeheartedly laugh at is the, oh, they missed their cancer screening treatment. So they developed cancer and died. Uh, Mickey, I never, I've never, I, I'm 55 years old and I'm a very healthy person right now because I you know, cured myself from depression. But, you know, I was not, there was a point in my life when I wasn't very healthy and um, uh, I never once got a cancer screening treatment or, you know, went in to get, you know, to see if I, 
this is not something people in their 30s and 40s do. Yeah. Okay. We're not going to get screened for cancer. It just doesn't happen. So that makes no sense to me. The thing that people have to understand is the reason why Q3 of 2021 is so important, especially amongst the millennial age group, the canary in the coal mine. There was, if you, if you we, we, we don't have the screen here because this is audio, but if, if you can see the chart, it went up in 20, the excess death for millennials, 25 through 44 in the US, went up into the, you know, the fall, winter of 2020. And there was a bump, then it came back down into 2021. And then into from August, September, October, it went, it went from like 30, 40% excess mortality to 84%. That's what we call a temporal rate of change. Why did that occur? Well, the only thing that I can come up with, and I'm open to debate this with anyone, is there was a mandated vaccine yeah. that everybody had to kind of take. Some people took it, you know, took it before knowing that their company was going to force them. Some companies are already forcing uh, people to get mandate uh, vaccinated with threat of job loss in August of uh, 2021. In fact, Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, two of the most well-renowned Wall Street investment banks did that in August, said, get vaccinated or, or get fired. And, uh, you know, the rest of corporate America soon followed. Then J Joe Biden's uh, government mandate hit in September. So there yeah. was an event. That event was mandates and forced vaccinations. And I, I challenge anyone to tell me the temp temporal rate of change and spike up to 84% was a decision to for group suicides in a three-month time frame, a, a, a group yeah. drug overdoses or group missed cancer screening treatments. It makes no sense. So I don't need to prove anything because I'm an investor. I, I invest with imperfect information. We're going to bet capital on this and capital's coming our way. And I think it's this is a done deal. The fact that this these deaths and there's crickets in the mainstream media and from our health officials. It's just, that's all you need to know. It's prima facie evidence of a cover-up in crimes, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it, you're not saying, oh, I've done these medical tests. You're just, you're just, what it sounds to my ears, it's almost like you're, you're um, doing detective work. It's like you're looking for, this crime happened, and then you're looking to see what happened different and what, could have possibly caused something that had never happened before, as opposed to drug suicide, et cetera, was are, are unfortunate parts of our society that happen on a regular basis. There's no evidence that these um, exploded just in a in a Q3 time period. While the mandates make perfect sense, I mean, I live in New York City. The, the, this city is still mandate crazy. That like they. The average New Yorker loved the idea of the vaccine mandate, so I can only imagine how the, those numbers impacted my city. It's so, uh, and you and to repeat what you said, you are wide open to debating this with anyone and to hearing anyone with it with a um, with a challenging postulation as to what the what could be like a reasonable postulation of what could be behind this rise, and and I think that's really important. So um, I. I I appreciate what you're what you're doing and everything I've heard you on. I I feel like I've learned so much from listening to you, and what as we as we move. Let me check my our time here. As we move towards wrapping up, I'm going to give the websites and everything, but I'm going to give you a chance now to speak directly to the listeners for a couple of minutes, where and how to encourage them, how to get involved, how to learn more, and how to better expose what is being hidden, because so many of us 
are doing our own detective work and digging up this information and then becoming demoralized because we can't seem to get anyone to listen to us. So any any input you could offer to listeners to to let them to give them hope that we, we are moving forward and different ideas are going to work through here and that these criminals are going to be held accountable. Yeah, sure. So there's three avenues of information that I have available. There's theyliedpeopledie.com, which lays out the insurance data. And you can, you know, for your loved ones that aren't convinced, you can direct them to that website. My book is going to come out in hardcover December 13th. It lays out the case pretty strongly. Um, you can give this to loved ones as well that aren't sold. Um, and then the Humanity Project. Uh, that's available now for free. And then you can also say, um, this guy with this thesis that the vaccines are causing economic devastation is raising capital to take advantage of that. And that's what I did for a living on Wall Street. So on Wall Street, my, my money was made between uh, this, the space between perception and reality. If I could see a reality before the herd, I, would make a, I stood to make a ton of money if I was right. And I didn't always have perfect information. It was what you said, uh, Mickey, it's called deductive reasoning, which is detective work. It's called the analyst mosaic. Inductive reasoning is, you know, what scientists do. And unfortunately, uh, they have to, you know, it could take years for people to figure this out and, and, and establish a direct causal link. But I've seen enough to know the vaccines are doing what they're doing. We're going to, and money and capital is going to bet on this. So these are like the three avenues of uh, trying to convince people my website my book and financetechnologies.com humanity project and tell them money capital's moving here and you can do you but this is what this is how the world really works it's smart money versus dumb money and unfortunately it's about your life and your health so that's that's all i can say and i hope that changes the mind wakes someone up Amen to that. And, and yeah, I mean, the stakes have never been higher because as you said a couple of times in this chat where the, the classic Wall Street credo of smart money versus dumb money. Yeah, it sucks to lose your money, but it sucks a lot more to have people dying and becoming disabled from something that was coerced and forced upon them with, without informed consent. And um, it's time it, it's time for projects like what you're doing. So as I said, all those links will be in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you for the work you've done and will continue doing. And I, I would love to stay in touch because I could just see, uh, I could just see there's going to be so much more coming out of your work. So um, Thank you again, and thank you for taking time to, to speak with me on Post Woke. Thank you, Mickey. And there is hope. I'm going to Washington, D.C. next week to meet with Senator Ron Johnson, and hopefully uh, a lot of this data will uh, come out in a press event uh, on the 7th of December. Okay, we'll be watching. Ed, thank you so much again. Thank you. I'll be back with some closing thoughts after one more word from our sponsor. Hey, Mickey Z again. I trust you're enjoying this episode. And if so, I would really, really appreciate it if you would become a paid subscriber for just $5 a month, less than 17 cents a day. You can support this Substack and this podcast. Your help is essential and it's crucial. And it's you who keeps this project going and growing. 
So thank you for listening. Thank you in advance for becoming a paid subscriber. And please spread the word. And while you're at it, please check the show notes for a link to a really kick-ass post-woke t-shirt. The sales have been going up. People are out there showing off what their favorite podcast is. And now it's time for you to join the team. So once again, thank you in advance. And let's get back to the show. The so-called COVID-19 vaccines are actually genetically engineered mRNA particles wrapped in glycosylated nanolipids. The COVID vaccines, and I'll call them that, I'll use that word vaccines for the sake of simplicity. The COVID vaccines are designed as a workaround of your DNA. You have DNA in every cell, delivering instructions to your body via mRNA. The M stands for messenger. The genetically engineered version of mRNA bypasses your DNA by punching a tiny hole in your cells and giving your cells new instructions. In this case, manufacture parts of the COVID virus, i.e. spike proteins. As some of you may recognize, it behaves very much like a computer virus. Moderna even markets their so-called vaccine as an operating system, a.k.a. the software of life. Moderna openly explains, quote, recognizing the broad potential of mRNA science, we set out to create an mRNA technology platform that functions very much like an operating system on a computer. It is designed so that it can plug and play interchangeably with different programs. In our case, the program or app is our mRNA drug, the unique mRNA sequence that codes for a protein, close quote. So yeah, it's not a vaccine. Never before has this approach been used on humans. Again, this is the very definition of an experimental medication. It's a novel form of genetic therapy in which some of the ingredients do not even have to be divulged because the pharmaceutical companies claim those ingredients to be proprietary. The COVID shots are brand new technologies being tested on a global population of billions. There are no long-term results yet because long-term results require long-term to first happen. So in the rush to get these gene therapies out, corners were cut and crucial tests were omitted and not done. This demonstrates why the average vaccine has previously taken about seven to 10 years to go from collecting viral samples to licensing a drug. Until now, the fastest vaccine ever approved and considered successful was for the mumps. That took four years, 1963 to 1967, and it didn't use novel nanotechnology. And P.S. Don't put too much credence in the stamp of FDA approval. On average, the FDA pulls 4,500 of their once approved medicine, medicines and devices from the shelves every single year. Approval never means safe or effective. In other words, please, really, really, really keep your guard up. <laughs>